0: Everybody. welcome to Two Minutes and Beyond, the podcast where we review the Toy Story movies two minutes at a time. I'm Macy Ball and this is Bianca Garcia. Hello! We're using last names now. <laughs> I know, I feel so professional. I know, when we started this podcast, I mean, neither of us really uses our last names much on the internet outside of Facebook. And we kind of arbitrarily decided not to use our last <laughs> names. <laughs> And we just kind of decided
1: we should probably use our last names. So, yeah, I mean, everybody else does. So, I mean, just to make it seem a little more, I guess,
0: professional. And when we have guests on, all of our guests do. So it's a little bit weird when <laughs> we don't have we last don't. names. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyway, in this episode, we're talking about minutes 47 and 48 of Toy Story i'm so excited to talk about this clip
1: you know yes part this part of the movie like just this whole part and leading up even to the following like maybe two or three clips is like one of my favorite parts of the movie
0: Mm -hmm. it's so good so let's get into it oh yeah let's let's go these two minutes start with Woody's pull string coming unhooked from the iron railing, which triggers the phrase, "Yeehaw, haw Giddy up, partner! We gotta get this wagon train moving and wakes up Scud. Scud comes up the stairs growling. Buzz yells, Split up! And the two of them run into separate rooms. Scud sees Buzz through the cracked open door and comes looking for him, only to walk away when he sees Sid's dad sleeping on the chair in the room. First of all, I want to point out how horrible this
1: dog looks up close. (laughs) His fur is literally just kind of like brushed. Like you can tell that they weren't comfortable working with hair yet. So
0: yeah, he
1: looks like in pretty bad shape. Poor dog. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah, they didn't really figure out how to do fur very well until Monsters, Inc., I guess.
1: Mm-hmm. And that, like, even then, like, when you see it, it's like, oh, my gosh, they did so good compared to Toy Story. But, I mean, of course, it is a learning process, so.
0: Yeah. I, I think that phrase from Woody's voice box is probably my favorite of his phrases just because <laughs> it's so... It's so um, ridiculous sounding and it's so (laughs) like all of his voice box phrases are so like not the way he talks like they're so twangy. (laughs) They are very
1: twingy, And I think it's funny that it's, like, one of his longest phrases. <laughs> <And I'm> like <laughs> Out of all of the phrases, of course, the longest one would be the one that <laughs> comes up
0: next when his pull string gets pulled. And it's so loud, at least in this scene, that yee <laughs> It's very loud. It's, like, I'm
1: surprised that the dad didn't wake up. Mm-hmm. Like, you would think that the dad would have woken up. Also, another thing... Why is the dad's TV room upstairs?
0: I was wondering that myself.
1: Because it's Sid's room and then Hannah's room and then the little closet and then the dad's TV room. And I'm like, is that just like a random entertainment room? Like the way people turn their lofts into like like a little theater. But this is like very 90s, very like dad needs his man cave and
0: that's his man cave. <laughs> Yeah, I'm like I are is the parents bedroom in a separate room upstairs or is it downstairs or like what what's going on in this house? And why does Sid's room look like the attic when it's not look like it's it used to be an attic when it's it's just like on the second floor of the house? Exactly. It's so
1: weird. Like I guess maybe because Sid did trash his room and he's kinda <laughs> you know, he's a boy, he doesn't do anything to upkeep his room but then also he's grungy also so he's just gross and (laughs) leaves trash all over his
0: room well but even like the structure of the room like it's got that um that like a frame i guess ceiling slanted ceilings and um just like the wood walls
1: yeah it's not very finished I guess maybe it's like one of those rooms that when they were getting the house they're like oh it's still being remodeled blah 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 but they never finished it (laughs) I don't know my cousin her house before she moved out her parents house they had a room similar to that except it was an actual finished room but it did have the slanted ceiling and I always told her I'm like this looks like Sid's
0: room." Um, going back to Woody's voice box though, it does raise the question why, if, if all of his voice box sayings have that kind of twang, why doesn't Woody talk like that?
1: I know, you would think he's a cowboy <laughs> so he needs to have his accent but I guess maybe, maybe he,
0: go ahead maybe he did when he was first um, out of the box and he just he just got rid of it. He stopped using it.
1: Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Like, maybe he, after hearing like Andy talk, maybe he figured like, oh, well, this is the way regular people talk. <laughs>
0: <laughs> or he, um, he just didn't like the way it sounded in his voice box, so he was like, uh, I'm, I'm just not gonna talk that way anymore. <laughs> He's like, this is not Texas. I'm not gonna talk like this. <laughs> It's like my dad, when he moved, um, because he grew up in Texas, and he moved to Oklahoma in college, and he intentionally got rid of his accent. Oh, how funny. Yeah, he intentionally stopped talking that way. Oh, gosh. I feel like I've never had an
1: accent. I don't know if I sound like I have an (laughs) accent. I just don't. I mean, I've heard some people that have super Texas accents, like it's thick. And I don't think I talk like that. I feel like I talk normally, but then (laughs) again, I might have, normally, yeah. (laughs) I feel like I don't have an accent. But then again, a lot of people that have an accent don't think that they have an accent,
0: so. Yeah, well, everybody's got an accent, but.
1: A little bit of like a regional accent, but as far as it being like a full-on thick accent, it's not. I know some words I do say that sound very Texan, but. Well,
0: yeah, I mean, I'm just, I guess I'm just saying there's no one who doesn't have, like, there's no, like, normal way of talking. Like, everybody has some kind of right. accent. Yeah. Um, oh, the look of surprise on, or not surprise, but, like, the look on Buzz's face when Woody's voice box goes off, it makes me wonder, like, <laughs> what does he think is... If he thinks Woody is a real cowboy, what does he think is happening there? (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, why
1: are you acting so shocked? And you see that his mouth is not moving. Another thing, Woody covers his mouth (laughs) when his voice (laughs) box
0: goes off. I didn't think about that. That's so funny.
1: He does. And I'm like, what are you
0: doing? I'm like, that's not going to help anything. (laughs) Maybe it's more like in... um, In horror at what's happening. Oh no, what did I just do? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that kind of thing. The sound of, well, I mean, the the shot of Scud just like opening his eye is, of course, Mm -hmm. reference to Jurassic Park, which I think we actually mentioned last week. Yeah. And the sound that, well, the sound of the dog is also taken from straight from Jurassic Park. (laughs) Mm hmm. According to the audio commentary, there was, they mentioned this in this scene that there was controversy over the way Scud's um, whiskers should look. Oh, gosh. (laughs) And the associate technical director, Eben Otsby, who we've, I feel like we talked about him quite a bit on the show, came in on a weekend and modeled those whiskers in like record time, apparently. (laughs) I'm so proud of him. <laughs> if you look at when Woody goes into the closet, how does he shut that door? I know. I mean, I guess <laughs> you can just kind of like grab it and pull it, but because he know. he grabs like the bottom of the door, he can't reach up at the That's true, yeah, the doorknob to pull it shut. So does he just like? pull the bottom of cause well it I was thinking maybe he just like pulls the bottom of the door hard enough to where it shuts. Mm-hmm. But I don't know.
1: I never I noticed think. like how he closed it. I always just saw him go in and I'm like okay there he is. <laughs>
0: he's well because when he when he closes it you only see um the back of the door closing. So you don't really see and it doesn't look like he's it doesn't look like he's just using f- Forced to like pull it because it kind of it opens up a little bit and then it and then it closes. It's weird. That real quick.
1: Oh yeah, that is weird. (laughs) How does he do? You know what? I think he's just a man of many
0: mysteries. (laughs) (laughs) Many animation sheets. Yes, this is very true. I was wondering, like, how scary is this guy sid's dad if scud is like scared to even like go in there and possibly wake him up you
1: know i thought it was like you know scud's in there and he sees or not necessarily he sees but he like notices that the dad's there so he's like oh it's probably just the dad making that sound so he leaves i guess but didn't well he saw
0: buzz and woody
1: This is true. He did see them, so I don't know. I mean, of course, it's just for the story, but it could also just be like maybe that's a room that he's not allowed in.
0: Maybe, but he doesn't seem to back down until he notices Sid's dad. Or I guess, I mean, I assume it's Sid's dad. It could be like stepdad or mom's boyfriend or something else. Right, just random man in
1: the house. <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's why he backed down. He's like, oh, I don't know this person.
0: Let's just leave. I don't know. I've always assumed that Sked was uh, was scared of him. It could be. Or that maybe. he, if, it, or that, um, I guess it could be that maybe he knew if, if Sid's dad saw him, he would get in trouble. I don't know. Probably, because
1: I know I've seen some dogs like that where, like, there are certain people that they behave around more because either that person is like their trainer or they get mad at them and they spank them or they beat them or something. So they're scared of that person.
0: Yeah. Or he's just the alpha. Maybe. In the he house. just emits an aura. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Or it's, I mean, Scud considers him the alpha, I guess, right, is what I'm yeah. saying. But saying he's an alpha male. <laughs> <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> I wonder if Sid's dad is like a hunter or something, because he's got that in his weird man cave. He's got the deer head on the wall and he's got like the wallpaper has um, I think it's like ducks on it.
1: Yeah, it looks like ducks. So maybe he does like go hunting, or maybe he just likes that um, aesthetic. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Maybe. Or maybe they just figured that's a very manly thing, so we'll just
0: put that in there for his man cave. Maybe. So moving on, at 32 seconds, Buzz hears a voice saying... Calling Buzz Lightyear, come in Buzz Lightyear, this is Star Command, do you read me? Thinking that Star Command has finally responded to him, he excitedly says, Star Command, opens his wrist communicator and starts to answer. He gets confused when a child's voice answers. Buzz Lightyear responding, read you loud and clear. Buzz walks toward the TV as the commercial announcer says, Buzz Lightyear, planet Earth needs your help. And the kid says, on the way. Buzz watches in disbelief as the commercial shows off all of Buzz's features, including his locking wrist communicator, karate chop action, pulsating laser light, multi-phrase voice simulator, and high-pressure space wings, the last of which prompts a warning, not a flying toy. The announcer says, Get your Buzz Lightyear action figure and save a galaxy near you. A chorus shouts, Buzz Lightyear. And the commercial ends with the man saying, Available at all Owl's Toy Bond outlets in the Tri-County area. <laughs> Which I love I love the way that line is read. If you listen, you can tell it's Andrew Stanton. Yeah. It <laughs> sounds like him. Yeah. Um, I also like that. The
1: commercial is just like, yeah,
0: like a boy's toy. You need to do this. <laughs> and then the guy is just like, it's available at Al's. <laughs> yeah. Not accent Available at all Al's toy bot outlets yes. in the <laughs> County area. <laughs> he sounds so like, oh my gosh, like out of place with the commercial. <laughs> you can tell that's like there was the commercial and then that was the bit that was added for like the local yeah. showings of it like for, for Al's marketing toy barn. purposes yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um i had never noticed i don't think i had noticed before that the tv the dial on the tv is broken mm-hmm. like the little cap that you turn is uh is missing so there's like a wrench attached to it <laughs> <laughs> which is funny cuz we used to have a tv like
1: that my Great grandmother used to have one of those TVs with the dials and eventually one of them popped off. We didn't use a wrench but we would <laughs> we still had the little um dial so we would just stick it on there, turn it and then it would
0: just <laughs> pop off again. <laughs> That's funny. That TV, seeing that old um TV like that is pretty nostalgic.
1: Mhm. I know. I love those TVs, the CRT uh, televisions, I, those are like my most favorite just because they look old fashioned. hmm Well, the downside is that they're really
0: small, but. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> that's the only downside. But, um, I used to love to play, this is just going off on a tangent, but I used to love to play <laughs> Duck Hunt on it. Nowadays on TVs, you can't play Duck Hunt because it doesn't pick it up. So that's the only thing. Like, if I were to find a CRT television, I would buy it just to play Duck Hunt again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Does he use those, um, the light guns? Yes, those were my favorite. (laughs) (laughs) If you look closely, you can see that when Buzz opens his wrist communicator to answer Star Command, he, like, barely touches it. Yeah. Like, it just kind of looks like he just kind of flicks it open almost. Yeah, he
1: does. It's just kind of like,
0: like, it's like even that- just
1: tapping it. He's just like, oh,
0: tap, like it's supposed to open up with a tap. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's like he's having to reach his arm over there, which doesn't really right, physically yeah. work. So, And then the angle that they have him pictured in, they can't have him move
1: all the way because it's going to look weird. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was funny. That is funny.
0: I want to give kudos to whoever animated Buzz in this scene and just like seeing, watching all of his facial expressions mm-hmm. and just like the subtlety and how like all the shock and like the sadness and just like the what the heck is going on. All five stages of grief. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like this part
1: is really, I guess, important for the viewers so that's why they took the time to actually like animate everything for Buzz like it's one of the most important parts in the movie because he's finally realizing I'm a toy
0: yeah it's the first of the Pixar tradition of trying to make you cry yes
1: oh my gosh I forever hate having to prepare myself for each Pixar, and Disney movie, because I will ugly cry. <laughs> we just watched Encanto last weekend, and I it
0: took all the power in my being to not cry. <laughs> this scene doesn't make me cry, but there are scenes in later Toy Story movies that, I mean... Of oh, course, yeah. make me cry. I mean, I'm probably going to cry on this podcast at some point when we get to those parts. <laughs> Please don't. Because <laughs> then I'm going to cry. We're just going to be crying. <laughs> we're going to have to pause the podcast just so we can collect ourselves again. <laughs> um, I just love this commercial. It's so, it's so, it's like 90s, in your face, yes. toy marketing. I used to love...
1: The 90s commercials because they were so, like, almost forcing it in your face. Like, you need this in your life. You got to buy it. (laughs) The other day, I just saw an Herbal Essence commercial from the 90s, and I was like,
0: how is this on
1: television?
0: (laughs) Oh, my gosh. gosh. But they use phrases like, multi-voice simulator. (laughs) It's... it's. it's It's very out there. It's very, like, very 90s. Yeah. This is the first we hear about Owl's Toy Barn, too.
1: Yes. I do like that they brought it back in the second movie. I like that they
0: continued with that brand. Mm hmm. And we see, presumably, that same aisle of Buzz Lightyear's that we see in the second movie.
1: Also, why are the aisles like a mile long? The toy aisles are so long and they've got like rows upon rows of Buzz
0: Lightyears. I'm like, how many buzzes did they make? Were there no other toys from this like line from this show? Exactly. And
1: now that I think about it, now that I'm thinking about the length of the toy aisles, when you're a kid, Mm -hmm. they seem like they go forever. Because I remember going into like KB Toys and even Toys R Us and all the, it felt like they stretched for miles. And like as a kid, because you're small, everything is just like so big and it just feels great. So I guess that's what they <laughs> were trying to do. Like, look,
0: this is how it feels. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I just remember Toys R Us always feeling like this huge, like massive place. And then mm-hmm. around the time all the Toys R Us were closing, I went back to like the childhood, the Toys Toys R Us I used to go to as a kid a couple of times, and it felt so tiny (laughs) compared to what I remembered. I hadn't been there in years. I know. I had gone when they were closing, and when I went in there, I was like, this is the saddest Toys R Us I've ever (laughs) been in. (laughs) In the audio commentary, they talked about how originally they were going to make the commercial more like a more – old-fashioned toy commercial, but mm-hmm. Disney wanted them to make it more modern. So they like looked at what the modern like toy TV commercials were like at the time. And, you know, of course, they were all like, like we were just talking about, they were like loud and assaultive.
1: So mm-hmm. they were like,
0: who can we get that will be loud and assaultive? And they got uh, Pan Gillette from Pen & Teller Oh, my god! To do the voice (laughs) of the commercial announcer. That's great. I never knew it was (laughs) Penn. Yeah. They said he was so loud that they could hear him in the lobby of the recording studio (laughs) through the soundproof walls. (laughs) And I actually found, um, I happened upon a Slash Film article from 2015 that was, um, it was actually about a podcast that that Gillette did an episode of his his show Penn Sunday School mm-hmm. where he he tells this wh- whole story of how of how he was um involved in this movie just in this scene and it's pretty interesting um i mean he says that you know at that point this was 2015 so it was like 20 years ago so he says like take it with a grain of salt cuz he might not be remembering things accurately mm-hmm. but he says, I'm just, and I'm just reading from the article here. It says, I believe when Pixar set up their computers, the first two servers they set up were named Penn and Teller. And I believe the first person cast for Toy Story was me. John Lasseter really wanted me to play the part of the announcer. He got in touch with me. He said he was doing this movie. It's really funny because in my journal that I keep every day, I don't have the name of the movie right. I have it Toy Story. <laughs> I thought that was the name of the movie, and I just say, some cartoon thing, because when I recorded it, Tom Hanks wasn't cast. I don't think he was cast. I may be wrong on that. And um, it goes on to say... All this copy here about Buzz Lightyear, you are in a certain sense playing yourself. You are the Buzzkill. You are the one that explains that Buzz Lightyear is not a flying toy. You are the moment when they realize that they are toys. And so you are really, really important to the plot. You only get a few lines, but you're really, really important to the plot. And (laughs) they, uh, I guess John Lasseter had told him that they would get it in one take, but what ended up happening was that because he was so loud, uh, John Lasseter had told him to scream like someone in your family is dying and you have to save them. (laughs) He said he screamed until he was choking and his head was hurting, uh, or that's what John what Lasseter told him to do, to scream so loud that he'd need a full day to recover. And uh, Penn said, So I stood in the room and I went, and then in brackets it says, inhales and exhales deeply. And then I took the paper in front of me and I went, and again, inhales and exhales deeply. And then I started yelling and I yelled the whole buzz light you're at. And then I bent over, put my hands on my knees. I was faint. <laughs> And he says he looked through the glass booth and everybody in the other room was laughing hysterically. I put up my fingers. Is that okay? And Lassiter shook his head no. <laughs> and uh, he was shocked. He said, I opened the door and I went in the room and he went, you bent the needles. It's total distortion. We had it on one and you just bent the needles. We're in here just laughing ourselves sick he said, oh. the engineer was so mad because I told him you were going to be loud. He said, there's no way you're going to get this loud. He said, he didn't have the right compression. He didn't have anything. He said, we ruined the take. <laughs> and he said, you did exactly what we asked and we fell apart. We didn't do it. And he said, so you've got to do it again. <laughs> um, I said that. The second take went more smoothly, and that was the one that they used in this movie. And he says he believes that recording session was the loudest he's ever been in his life. <laughs> and there's uh, there's a little bit more to that article, but I won't read the whole thing. I'll put it in the show notes in case anybody wants to read it, because it is pretty interesting.
1: It's that not, is great. It's not super
0: long, but there's a little bit more to it. That is
1: too funny. I did not realize that Penn was so loud. I mean, I know I figured he is loud because you know, he does do a lot of like shows and stuff but <laughs> I didn't realize how loud he
0: was. He oh, ruined man. the take. That's by how loud pretty he loud.
1: Oh my gosh. That's like, he was probably like, <laughs> that just reminds me of um, that episode of Spongebob where Spongebob is you know he's thinking he's gonna blow up or Squidward thinks he's gonna blow up he's like I thought you were gonna blow up so <laughs> Spongebob screams Gary you are gonna finish your dessert and you are gonna like it
0: <laughs> I don't think I've seen that episode I don't oh remember my that God. one
1: that one is hilarious you watch. you know People in the show notes, we may or may not just put that there so people <laughs> can watch it too.
0: <laughs> All of the voice acting, not just not just Penn, but um like the kid too. Mm-hmm. I love the kid who's just like um total annihilation.
1: <laughs> <laughs> wow. I love how he sounds because he sounds just like the 90s commercials. Like you hear all the little kids from night. the one commercial that that reminds me of is Hot Wheels, because in all the Hot Wheels, oh, commercials, yeah. you had all the little boys like, yeah, and that's what it reminds me of the
0: most. I also love the music in In the commercial, because it starts off just with Buzz's theme, like that. And then it suddenly goes into this, like, heavy rock. like It's
1: like guitars blowing everywhere, and it's like, what is going on? (laughs) It's the most intense commercial.
0: The music uh, from that is on... I don't know if it's on the original soundtrack, but it's on the... Um, what's it called? The Walt Disney Records Legacy Collection version. Oh, okay. And I was just listening to it earlier today, and it's, it's pretty fun. That is fun. <laughs> <laughs> and it seems like something that's kind of out of Randy Newman's typical wheelhouse, too, so that's fun. Yeah, that is. I mean, knowing how his
1: style is, like knowing what he's known for, and then for him to compose other
0: music, that's, it feels kind of strange. <laughs> oh, also the chorus that chants "Buzz Lightyear" is Ralph Eggleston, John Lasseter, and Andrew Stanton. Oh, that's great! <laughs> and on the commentary, since they were all there, they um, they did it live together on the commentary, <laughs> which is funny. That's pretty great.
1: I love that commercial. I do too. That's one of my favorite commercials. Like. If it was an actual real commercial, I think I would have been pretty excited as
0: a kid. Mm Mm-hmm. And then you just contrast that um, craziness of that commercial with, like, what's going on with Buzz. Yeah, his heart's sinking right now. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, everything that, like, must be running through his head at that moment. Mm Mm-hmm. He's having an existential crisis, and this commercial is just blaring. <laughs> I know. Well, I think he kind of talked about that in that article. hmm At 1 minute 22 seconds, Buzz opens his wrist communicator and sees Made in Taiwan written on the inside of the cover. He looks shocked and then dejected as we hear Randy Newman start to sing, I will go sailing no more. He slowly walks out of the room and into the hallway, looks out the window at the sky and sees a bird flying by. In his head, he hears Woody telling him, you are a toy, you can't fly. He closes his eyes and puts his helmet against the iron railing and the two minutes ends there. That's such a sad end to this clip.
1: (laughs) I know, it's so depressing, like, oh, Buzz, you can't fly,
0: and then it just stops. (laughs) Oh my Um, goodness. I noticed, too, after the commercial ends, you can see from the reflection, and you can hear it a little bit, too, um, but from the reflection in Buzz's helmet, you can see that the dad was watching a bowling championship. (laughs) (laughs) And they actually, like, um, they actually, like, went to the trouble of, like, making several shots of... That bowling champi- championship and reflecting them onto Buzz's helmet, which I thought was pretty cool. That is pretty neat. I didn't know that. And, like, recording voiceover for, like, something that you barely hear. Mm-hmm. It's that attention to detail. That's great. I do really
1: like that they do stuff like that. Like, all the little things that they do. Like, watching this movie two minutes at a time, you start to notice all of the little details and... It's actually a lot of
0: fun just picking out all those little things. Yeah. So I think I feel like we should probably save most of um, we should probably wait until the next episode to talk about the song. I will go sailing no more because I feel like Mm -hmm. most of it happens in the next clip. Yeah. But I will say that when I was writing the theme song for this podcast, I was like, I want it to sound, you know, like a Randy Newman song so i sort of ripped off um slash paid homage to this song um a little bit of you've got a friend in me and this other randy newman song i think it's called sunny boy but i i feel like i pulled the most from or i took inspiration the most from this song in fact I ended up using several of the chords from this song. If you listen really closely, you can hear like some a little bit of the same, like just a little bit of the same chord progression. <laughs> um, it's really just a couple of the same chords, and then I took that um, da 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 that uh, Randy Newman uses in mm-hmm. this song and like throughout the score, and I turned it into that da 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 at the beginning. So, yeah, I can hear that. That's pretty neat. I thought people might enjoy that tidbit. A little tidbit, <laughs> a little trivia. <laughs> a little behind-the-scenes look. The method to our madness. hmm <laughs> I don't know why, but Woody, hearing Woody saying, um, you are a toy, you can't fly. <laughs> Always makes me laugh a little bit just because of the way, yeah, the way it's put into the song and kind of out of nowhere. (laughs) I
1: know, because like if you're listening just to the audio of this and not looking at the movie,
0: you're like, why is Woody in this movie in this song? (laughs) Well, the soundtrack version um, doesn't have that, so Mm -hmm. sometimes when I When I'm just listening to that song, like on Spotify or whatever, I will add that part in myself (laughs) and just say, you are a toy. You can't fly. That's great. I know. I do think of that too. Like when I
1: hear this song, I think of Woody saying that I'm just like, man, Woody, you ruined this song (laughs) for me.
0: (laughs) You ruined this beautiful song. So I'm no expert in, like, people with delusions and that kind of thing. But I feel like most people with delusions don't don't lose their delusions this easily.
1: I feel like you have to have something very traumatic happen for you to realize it's a delusion. But this doesn't seem as—I guess for him it is traumatic, realizing, like, oh— I am a toy, but I think also a few things kind of led up to that. Like him seeing the kids, like how big they are and, you know, just like all the stuff that happens throughout the movie, he's starting to see a little bit more like, okay, I'm the size of a toy. I'm talking to toys and eventually it just kind of hits him once the commercial happens
0: like, oh, maybe I am a toy yeah well again, I'm not an expert, but I feel like I've heard um you know when you're dealing with someone who is delusional, you don't try to you don't try to tell them they're wrong because they'll just um right, they'll just yeah. double down on their delusion and I feel like, like
1: that could have happened, but for the progression of the movie, they just made him realize that he was delusional. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because if not, if he doubled down and then tripled down <laughs> with what, what he kept telling him, the movie would have never ended. And we would have had, like,
0: just a really weird ending. Well, it probably helps that he loses his arm and, like, can't fly in the next clip. So. Right. Yeah. I think that, too. Just helps him realize
1: it. Like, once he realizes he can't actually fly, and then he sees his arm next to him, Mm -hmm. I think he realizes it there.
0: Yeah. Which is a pretty traumatic experience, if you think about it.
1: That is traumatic. I guess maybe, like, when he saw it on the TV, he was doubting it. And then, of course, when the song picks up, that's when he's like, okay. So he tries, and then he falls. Yeah. I like how we're talking about this in this podcast and not in the (laughs) next one.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think if I have anything else. I I think that's about all I have to say about this clip. Pretty much, yeah. Me too. I guess, are we ready to wrap it up? I'd say yes. All right. Well, thanks for listening everyone be sure to follow our facebook and twitter accounts and send us an email if you have any thoughts comments questions or concerns and if you enjoy the podcast please leave us a five-star review on apple podcasts and spotify see you next time bye bye